Hello, hello, hello everyone. Welcome back to Money Awakenings. I am your host, DJ Larry, spinning all the latest hits from oldies to today. My name is Larry Morris and I'm the financial shaman and I'm the alchemist and what I like to do is go for a walk uh, and pretend that you're walking with me and that I'm just going to kind of do all of the talking. And then sometimes I like to imagine what you'll say in reply or what you'll think, but um, it requires a lot of listening on your part. And as always, take what you like and leave the rest, you know. I don't know where you are in your journey. I don't know what your perception is about money or life or anything I talk about. I'm just showing you my perception, which has evolved over a lot of time and inner work. Um, And so if you don't agree with me, that's totally okay. I'll be fine. And what I would invite you to inquire why you don't agree with me. And if you don't, how does that feel to believe the opposite or different than what I'm saying? Because everything I talk about makes me feel good unless I'm talking about a negative thing. But uh, everything I talk about makes me feel good. The hunt for self-discovery comes out of wanting to feel better. And so, and of course me spending 20 years, or more than that if you count how long I've been in scarcity, you know, 20 years of business and uh, entrepreneurship banging my head against the wall trying to figure this thing out, right? And so this is what I've come up with, or this is what's coming through me. So, but take it or leave it. I always look at myself and my content as like a buffet, right? Take what you like and don't, what resonates with you, you know, bring it into your body, bring it into your world, bring it into your life. And what doesn't, leave it at the buffet. You know, there's no reason to protest or argue with me about things you don't like. Just doesn't resonate you, doesn't resonate with you. Just leave it, right? And we'll just talk about what does resonate with you, right? Um, so this interesting question came to me that I want to explore with you guys and gals. I actually have one idea of what I want to say, but there could be several, which is why it's so much fun. Now, before we get into the question, it's important to understand how law of attraction works or the mere reality or reality itself, or whatever you want to say, how it actually works. So we are in a virtual reality game that on the other side, where we come from, we call this place contrast or uh, uh, physical reality or humanity. Um, but most of the time we just name it contrast because so much of this place is contrast to us. And so the physical reality operates like a mirror. So when you believe in scarcity, the mirror has no choice but to reflect that back to you by taking all your toys away. Right by having some unexpected bill come up, or some job loss, or some reduction of hours, or some, or you have kids, and no, I'm kidding, <laughs> but traditionally kids do cost some money. So, what happens is, 
you for when you're vibrating scarcity, you force the mirror to reveal that to you. And so something will happen and take your money away or you'll self-sabotage and destroy it yourself. Right? You'll push away opportunities. You'll not even see them or a million dollar idea will come and you'll discard it and say, I can't do that. And on and on and on. We've talked about this several times and I'll continue to talk about this, but this is how scarcity shows up, right? You limit all the ways you can make money to just one, which is always getting a fucking job. And then you wonder why money won't come to you in mass quantities, even though you've whittled all the ways money can come down to a job and usually hard work within that job. And if that job is something you hate, now you're up against a real interesting conundrum. Because doing something you hate requires a lot of energy. A lot of your life energy is going to be spending doing stuff you hate. And you're going to feel exhausted at the end of every workday. Therefore, having a scarcity of energy. You see how this works? The mirror must reflect scarcity back to you in order for you to see it and work with it. It's just that you've never been taught how to read reality. You don't know what's going on. Most people don't even know anything about their own emotions, for gosh sakes. Right? Like, we're in emotional dark ages right now. So, even though we feel scarcity constantly and are worried about money all the time, you can't tell because you know, most people don't know how to process their emotions. They just numb them or suppress them, reach for a drug or a drink or try to distract themselves so they don't feel this horrible vibration of scarcity all the time. Instead of processing it and coming back to abundance or aligning back with the truth, right? They believe the lies and then they drink and drug themselves to numb themselves from the pain of believing a lie instead of believing the truth or finding the truth or seeking the truth. But eventually... What happens is something so massive happens in your life that you reach for someone like me. That you look for, like, when you're lost, only when you're truly lost do you search for home. One of my favorite sayings. Only when you're truly lost do you search for home. And so, you came to get lost. You plunged in to the contrast to get lost. You were thrown into a maze, a labyrinth, unlike anything you've ever seen before. Born into it and wiped your memory to make you think the labyrinth is all there is. Even though instinctually you know that's not true. But if you don't know how to trust your instincts, you really do get lost in the illusion. So, when the whole crux of everything I talk about is how to vibrate back into abundance, how to let go of scarcity and come home to the truth of abundance and then watch as abundance manifests things into your life instead of going to chase them or work hard for them or hustle for them or try to manipulate for them. You just let go of scarcity and all of a sudden opportunities start to multiply as if by magic. Shit just starts happening. Because you got out of your own way. You unblocked the wealth. So hopefully you're with me on how this reality works and how the mere reality reflects back to you. Let me give you another example outside of money. If you believe 
You're not good enough. And you were taught that your whole life growing up like I was. One of the very interesting things that happens is you're constantly trying to prove yourself when you believe you're not good enough. You're constantly trying to prove yourself to everyone. But mostly to your ego, who's constantly telling you you're not good enough. And so if you believe you're not good enough, what's fascinating is not only do you try to prove yourself, you try to prove yourself to people who agree with you that you're not good enough. People who say you're amazing, you don't even listen to. Like you're, like my mom, who was an angel, she always used to tell me how amazing I was. It's like, oh, mom, you know, you just disregard that. Now I would, I would literally give a finger to hear my mom say that in physical reality. To see her face and hear her say how amazing I am? That is such a gift that we take for granted. Because, not my mom, you know, your mom or your loved one or whoever. Because, we take it for granted because we don't believe it if we've been taught and we're brainwashed to believe we're not good enough. If we believe we're not good enough, that's our truth. So anything that says you're amazing, you disregard it. And anyone who says you're amazing, you disregard it. This is why people have so much trouble with love relationships. Someone falls in love with you and thinks you're amazing, but if you don't love yourself and think you're a piece of shit, you push them away because it's not a vibrational match. You essentially attract people who treat you like you're not good enough because that aligns with your truth. And then you wonder why the universe sucks, or God sucks, or the world sucks, or life sucks. It's your magnetic vibration. You force the mere reality to reflect back to you what you believe about it. The mirror doesn't have sentience. The mirror doesn't think, I'm going to reflect this back. It just does. Said differently, your heart tells the mirror how to bring this thing about into your physical reality. The scarcity or the not good enough story or whatever. The physical reality is just a machine. It's just a game. It's like Minecraft. It doesn't have sentience. The God that is playing within the game has all of the sentience. It's just you don't know the whole aspect of yourself. So your higher self, your heart, your soul, the God part of you, whatever you want to call it, is the master or the person behind the curtain of Oz, is the game maker or the game master or the dungeon master, whatever you want to say. They're the ones that are creating your game, which is you, which you have access to, right? And the thing that divides you from you and your higher self is your ego or your brainwashing to believe that you're human, the conditional love brainwashing. This is why it's the most difficult game in all of existence. It's a fucking labyrinth that is alive and playing with you, even though you cannot see it. And so what that means is the mirror will always reflect back to you what you are, what you need, and what you believe you deserve. If you believe you're not good enough, then you'd believe you deserve to be treated as such and therefore will attract people who treat you that way because that's what you believe you deserve. And because you believe you're not good enough, you believe you haven't worked hard enough for the money that you want, you believe you don't deserve the money that you want, and so it doesn't come. 
You also reflect back what you are. And since you are unconditional love, the more you put out love into the world, it will reflect it back to you with friends, family that are supportive, not douchebag family. With experiences that remind you who you are. Oh yeah, I love people. I love to laugh. I love to be in community with these friends that are supportive and loving. I love supporting them. They love supporting me. Not on a codependent level, but on an interdependent, your life is your life, my life is my life, but we make each other's lives better by being in it. That's who you really are. So of course that's reflected back to you. And you're reflected back to what you believe you deserve. Let's say there's someone who is just an average Joe or Jane, and she, uh, you know, she just left college, let's say. And she has a bunch of friends, but she's starting this new career, maybe in a new city, let's say. She goes to a new city, starting a new career. And her boss is a dick. And she can't figure out why. I mean, you know, some, she blames herself, she blames him. Maybe this guy's just born this way. Maybe he was restricted love when he was growing up and he's a narcissist. Who fucking knows? But bottom line is, she believes she deserves to be treated that way, treated poorly. Otherwise, she wouldn't. She would just quit. Right? So the universe is reflecting back to her what she believes he deserves in the form of a boss. But then her coworkers are super cool. And she gets along with him and she makes friends with him almost instantly. That's who she really is. Not what she believes she deserves. And then... At this new job, at this new career, she meets a handsome guy. Let's say she's heterosexual and meets in single, if you're into that. <laughs> Monogamy thing. And so, let's say... She meets a handsome guy. And because of this, she starts flirting and starts looking at, oh my God, is the career more important than a love relationship? What if blah, 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 and all this stuff? That's what she needs. Not the love from this guy, but the reflection to bring her to her higher self, to bring her through her journey of self-discovery. She needs this relationship, whether it becomes a, Relationships with, you know, boyfriend, girlfriend, sex and all that is irrelevant. She needs this love interest in her life. That's how the mirror works. It reflects back who you are, what you need and what you believe you deserve. Hopefully you're following me on this because I'm going to build from that. Okay. So. This question came to me. If you fully understand everything I just said. The question is, is it better to think there's never enough money when there is a lot of it or a little of it? If you go into the vibration of scarcity, and scarcity's mantra is there's never enough, right? So if that's your mantra you've been telling yourself since you were a kid because it was taught to you, because scarcity is always taught, just like racism is always taught. There's no child that's born racist, just like there's no child born in scarcity. They'll just fucking play with rocks and bugs and sticks and who's ever around. They don't give a shit about the color of skin, ethnicity, or money, or toys, or any of that stuff. It's only till later, you know, six, seven, and above, 
where you start to look at, okay, the haves and the have-nots. Why does this person get to go to this school? And why do I, you know, not have food in the cupboards while they're living lavishly? And blah, 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 blah. You start to compare. You start to fall into scarcity because it's taught to you. But let's say there's someone who's vibrating scarcity and has their whole life. This was me. I was taught scarcity. I was born poor. I was born poor and was taught that you have to work hard for everything you have. And, of course, that there's never enough. And all, all the scarcity beliefs. Money's the root of all evil, even though that one didn't stick as much, but it's, it stuck enough, you know, to me to, like, look down on the 1% and all that. Back then we didn't call it the 1%, we just called it the rich, but the rich and powerful. But um, the point is, like, I was born into scarcity. I know it well. I was born into it. I'm molded by it, right? I, I, <laughs> I, I didn't know abundance till later in life. But... The point is, my reality, though there were times I had a lot, but most of my reality up until recently has been spent in scarcity, in the physical manifestation, the physical representation of scarcity. I was poor a lot of my life. Like I said, there was a few times where I got really big windfalls and saw a lot of money. Um... But it didn't last, well, I guess it's all relative on what length of time is. But still, point is, the mere constantly, except a few scenarios, constantly reflect, reflected back to me my own scarcity thinking by not having a lot of mo- money. And so because of that, I was constantly searching for the solution, constantly searching for the answer. I listened to everything every spiritual master who talked about money had to say. From Abraham Hicks to Deepak Chopra to Wayne Dyer to Louise Hay. Everybody. Every, anybody who wrote anything spiritual, of course, Napoleon Hill. and um, uh, Everybody who wrote anything spiritual about money. Like every money book. Uh, that was trying to change your vibration around it. I read it. I listened to it. And of course, since I was in the finance world for the past 11 years now, 12 years actually, Jesus, it's 22, 12 years, um, I read everything under the sun there too. I mean, there's so many money books, but I read everything by Kiyosaki and Tony Robbins and... um, Buffett and try to read some of anyway it doesn't matter um, I read The Creature from Jekyll Island I've read every, every major money book you can talk you know about ever heard about except I didn't read The Art of the Deal because I never really cared for Trump but um, I, I did read a couple of his other books but uh yeah, his philosophy and mine never jived. I never could see the other person on the other side of the negotiating table as an enemy that I was trying to destroy. But um, bottom line is, I, I, I looked at it all. And because, it was because the mirror kept reflecting back scarcity that I kept banging my head against the wall. 
over and over and over and constantly in that vibration of scarcity and trying to raise and meditating and raising my vibration and plant medicines and all this shit. I took tons of courses, sat through so many fucking seminars on money, on tax strategy. I mean, I was a financial professional. I listened to everybody because I knew I didn't have anything figured out or very little at the time. Because the mirror kept reflecting back scarcity. I was constantly broke, so I knew I didn't have anything figured out. But the flip side of that is what I had dealt with when dealing with millionaires and billionaires. Not all of them, but most of the ones I encountered were also in the vibration of scarcity. So even they had millions and billions, they were still trying to get more and still never satisfied. And were not generous with their money at all. Generous with their time at points. And their wisdom, if you want to call it that. But when I encounter people, millionaires and billionaires in scarcity, the other flip side of the coin, the flip side of the question, came fully into view. Is it better to think there's never enough money when there is a little of it or when there is a lot of it? These people didn't have the mirror reflect back to them that they were in scarcity because they believed they deserved the money. They had eradicated their non-deserving, non-worthiness story so the money could flow. But they were still in scarcity because they thought there was never enough. Why would a billionaire go after more money unless they believed there was never enough or that more money would bring them more happiness or whatever? Right? So these people, in my opinion, have it worse. Now, I've not... No, that's not true. In those, two, in those few windfall times, a couple of windfall times that I had in my life. That, so let me tell you the story. I've said it multiple times on this podcast, but let me just bring you up to speed. There was one time in particular. It was at the end of my real estate career, the height of my real estate career. I had made more money than I had ever seen in one check. A year's worth of money. And that, a year's worth of like high expenses. <laughs> like a, a, a lot. I made a lot. I don't need to tell you the number. Just imagine what a lot is to you. What is a year or two's worth of income in one check? In one deal? Whatever that is for you. If you make 100 grand, then 200 grand. If you make 50 grand, then 100 grand. Right? What is ever two times in one year for you? twice as much as you make in a year. I made it in one check. And I only, because I was born out of scarcity and hustling and all, (laughs) and negotiation, beating the bushes, and all this fucking striving, chasing. When I got the check, I was happy for 24 hours. 24 hours until the drug wore off. I was happy. I was thinking about, oh, I'm going to take my mom on an Abraham Hicks cruise and we're going to do this and I'm going to make this and pay off my car and I'm going to be set for... And then it hit me. I have to go get more. And all the scarcity flooded back. And I was like, wait a minute. I have multiple years worth of money in my bank account and I'm still thinking it's not enough 
and I'm still thinking I've got to get more, I quit real estate that day. I was burnt out. I was burnt out on scarcity, but I was burnt out on real estate too. I couldn't let myself enjoy it because my dominant vibration that I had not fully cleaned up yet was there's never enough, was scarcity. And so even though I had a windfall of money, it was never enough. So is it better that the mirror reflects back to you being broke when you're in scarcity or is it better that you have a shitload of money and it's harder to see that you're in scarcity and you have that weird nagging sensation of something is off because you have a lot of money or I'll get to the middle I'm I'm talking about extremes but I'll get to the middle here in a second you have a lot of money but you're still saying there's never enough just like I did How come I have millions and I still feel like there's never enough? I'm still making moves and I'm still thinking about, now I'm thinking about fucking legacy. Now I'm thinking about how to multiply it over compounding interest over time. Now I'm thinking about safety and security or time. Now I'm thinking about making bigger and bigger moves, making, um, getting bigger and bigger houses and cars and goals because there's never enough. You can't be content in our society, especially within a capitalistic environment. Being content with what you have would stop growth and therefore stop the economy. Every single one of us is brainwashed to keep things going. Now, money is like blood. It must flow. That is true. But to constantly be growing is illogical. That's how this idea of constant growth becomes like a virus. Duplicating, multiplying, until it corrupts everything. You can't constantly grow, just like a body can't constantly grow. I'm not talking about obesity, I'm talking about childhood into adulthood. It's got to find a natural equilibrium at some point. Right? And even though we can see, we can do the math, we can go, if humanity keeps growing, we're going to run out. Now, I don't believe in running out, but you can obviously see, like, This isn't sustainable. This is not sustainable. Constant growth is not sustainable. In physical reality, I'm not talking about like emotional evolution. Like you can constantly grow and evolve in certain areas of your life. It's not like you can never have enough friends. It's not like you can never have enough ideas. Right? You can't find an equilibrium there. But when it comes to this idea that we can never be content because that will hurt us is the reason why people that are millionaires and billionaires in scarcity keep consuming and keep going. If they found a natural equilibrium and let's say $10 million, like imagine every billionaire reach $10 million and we're like, nah, I'm content. That leaves more for everybody else. Now, of course, everything is perfect and nothing is wrong. 
and everything is happening exactly as it should happen. And I'm not saying it's the billionaire's fault of anything that's going on. It's not. It's the belief systems that we need to investigate and evolve. Not the result of the belief systems. That's, that's treating the symptom. So, is it better to have scarcity reflected back to you with poverty? Or not? Because having millions of dollars and still feeling like there's not enough is a torture. Like you go crazy. I've seen it happen. The first time I met a billionaire, I don't want to told this story before. The first time I met a billionaire, not only the first, <laughs> what stood out to me, besides the fact that he brought a harem of women that were all mistresses, and he had a posse with him the whole time, besides that, what was super fascinating was that he was depressed and addicted to opioids. And I was like, if that much money doesn't make you happy, what the fuck is going on? It was a real slap in the face for me, who had made money my whole life. You know, I'd made business and I was trying to be him. Not be like him, but get to where he was financially. And so when I saw that he wasn't happy, you can only do two things. You either take a step back and really examine your intentions, or you do what I did at the time, which was just to say, well, when I get there, I'll be different. Which is, of course, denial. But that guy was tortured by money because everybody wanted what he had. But what he had didn't make him happy. And he was still in scarcity. He'd wake up every day and check the stocks, his stocks, talk to his broker. Billions! And worried either about losing or making more. If that much doesn't give you security, you only have two options. To look inside and see what is causing insecurity. Or to stay in denial and say, it'll be better one day. When this happens or when that happens, it'll all be okay. Or like I said, when I get there, it'll it'll all be different. Is it better to have scarcity reflected back to you with a lack of money or not? And the reason I keep bringing this up is because I want you to get into an, uh, an understanding or a vibration of gratitude that the mirror is working for you. Oh, I have a scarcity of money. That means I need to look inside. Something about my vibration is scarcity. Something about me is off. Something about my decision-making or my perception is that of scarcity, and that's why the universe is reflecting that back to me. I need to check in with my heart and see where I am and see what I need to do or need to unravel or need to investigate. Isn't that so much better than being like, there's never enough, even though I have millions? But wake up and go, wow, I have millions. I need to get more. And so now you don't have a clear reflection. Now you don't have a clear indicator besides your emotions, of course. I mean, your emotions are there telling you you're depressed, so that needs to be investigated. 
what do I have to believe about my life or this situation in order to be depressed? Right? That right there would start a dialogue with your heart. But since most people don't listen to their emotions or don't know how to process them, isn't it better to have the mirror reflect back to you scarcity with poverty? Because you'll go on a never-ending goose chase, if not. If you have, if you, let's, let's talk about the middle. The middle class or middle income or higher, higher middle income, if you will. Let's say you're a single person because commingling finances is dumb. Let's say you're a single person that makes a hundred grand a year. So this is the middle of the two extremes, right? Billionaire and poverty. The middle of the two extremes is what we call high middle income or high income, which is, you know, hundred to 350,000 a year. Some, some consider half a million a year income still high, high middle or high. But, the, you know, you got to get above that to get to, you got to get to millionaire status to be in the upper echelon, right? But point is, let's say you're high middle or, or high income. And you're depressed and think there's never enough money. Now you're really fucked. Unless you become really good at listening to your emotions. Unless you are aware that you need to evolve. Because look at this. When you have an extreme high, millionaires and billionaires, there's not much more higher up to go. So then that forces you, because it's extreme, it forces, if it does, you know, happen. But it, it could, I should say, it could force you to look inside and say, how come I have millions and I'm still in scarcity? Just like I did when I made that shitload of windfall money. When I made a, a, a windfall of money and I was 24 hours later back to scarcity, I, I was like, this is something's not right. I quit. All this money still didn't fix scarcity. So I had to change something else. Right? The extreme high can do that like it did for me. The extreme low can do that. But the middle or high middle, that's, that's a tough spot. Because it's a tough spot because you may think that once I'm a billionaire, then I'll be happy. Once I'm a millionaire, then I'll be happy. If you're high income, you're making hundred grand a year and you still feel the vibration of there's never enough and you still feel scarcity and depression when you think about money and you're like, ah, oh, I can never get ahead even though you have all this money above average you may think more is better uh, once I get to be a millionaire then I'll be happy you'll still be chasing and you'll be afraid to slide backward you'll be afraid of the universe coming to knock down your house of cards to bring you back to poverty to reflect your scarcity so you'll do all kinds of weird shit to stop that from happening manipulate people get married to someone that you don't love for their family's money or for that security or whatever to fall back on. And on and on it goes. Middle or high middle, high middle or high income is a dangerous place to be unless you're content. If you're content and fulfilled and happy, there's, it's not dangerous at all. But if you're not, that is extremely dangerous. This is where you find a lot of suicides. 
people get here and they're like, man, I'm making 300 grand a year and it's still not enough? What the fuck? Then they're more likely to commit suicide if like a crash happened, for instance, or they lost their job because they're, they, they, they know that a lot of money isn't making them happy. They may still believe that more is going to make them happy, but they don't know how to get there. How do, they, how do you get from making a couple hundred grand a year to becoming a multimillionaire? That's a, that's a leap. So they are stuck in that. The scarcity won't let them go further than that either. And they're terrified of going back down to poverty or going to poverty if they've never experienced it. It's like being on a rope bridge, like from Indiana Jones or something. And watching, like, a tiger on each end gnaw at the ropes. It's like, if I stay here, I'm not happy. And I will die. If I go toward the tiger toward more money, I have to face a fucking tiger. If I go back, I have to face a fucking tiger. That's why high and high middle is dangerous. If you're not content. If you're content, be like, yeah, you know, whatever, I'm an optometrist and I make good money and my kids are fed and they go to good schools and it's all good. I'm just going to go play golf. Like, that's all good. Do that. It's all about vibration. I'm talking about people that are in scarcity vibration that are making a lot of money or what most of us would consider a lot. That's where it becomes dangerous. Okay. It's like, I trust me that no one, or trust me that I know how crippling scarcity can be. It's fucking paralyzing. It will make you think you're unloved by God, which is the worst pain imaginable. Scarcity is fucking terrifying. I wouldn't say no one knows it better than me, but I definitely know it. If you're going through it, I get it. Trust me, I do. But it is all perception. There is always enough. There's always enough. And it's your imagination that's conjuring the worst case scenario that's making you freak out. But that is a torture, to be tortured by your imagination. To feel like you have no power over your imagination and it keeps bringing up nightmares. And you wake up and you go to work and you're back in your nightmare of a life. How do I ever get ahead? Which is really just saying, how do I stop the worry of not having enough? You always want more money to stop the worry. So if you figure out how to stop the worry, it doesn't matter how much money you have. That's what I teach. Let's end the worry, come back to abundance, because when you end the worry, you're just like, oh, everything's fine, everything's okay. And that vibration will bring you opportunities as if by magic, though the opportunities were already there, you just couldn't see them because you were thinking there was never enough. Scarcity is a torture, but realize that scarcity is a torture even if you have a lot of money. 
And that's why when people like talk shit on the rich or the 1%, I'm like, you don't understand what they're going through. They fucking believe that they haven't won the money game even though they have millions and billions of dollars. They believe something must be wrong. There must be a way forward that, that brings happiness that I don't know about. And they can't see it because it's like, I did what I was told to do. I won the money game. What else is there? Do I have to be, I have to fucking sell all my possessions and go into a Buddhist monastery to find happiness? What the fuck is going on? That is also a torture. It's a different kind of torture, but it is a torture nonetheless. All these tortures, or both of these tortures rather, I guess you could say all with the the high middle or high, high income earners. Like, all of these tortures are meant for one reason and one reason alone. When you're truly lost, you search for home. And torture is being lost. You are lost in the illusion. And your emotions are letting you know you're lost in the illusion. Your compass needle is spinning and you feel fucking crazy. How is it that I have all this money... And I still feel like there's never enough. How am I still worried about fucking money? This is terrible. That's where I was. I know that's where they are too. Not every rich person. There are people in abundance, vibration, that are wealthy. But most, 75% of affluent people are still in scarcity. And still being tortured by this. So let's keep going. Let's move into the next subject. There's a concept I want to share with you. It's called the redistribution of money. Not the redistribution of wealth. That's a different thing. The redistribution of money. What that is, is a crash. And a crash is coming. Every marker is there. We can see it. Doesn't matter if you're in denial about it or not. A crash is coming. Probably by the end of 23, we'll see a crash. And a fairly significant one by comparison to the rest of them. A crash is the redistribution of money. From the people in scarcity vibration to the people in abundance vibration. Imagine a giant teeter-totter. A giant teeter-totter. And let's say a hundred people are on this teeter-totter. And in the, when it's balanced, in the middle of the teeter-totter, there's a shitload of gold ball bearings, let's say. Right, and let's, let's imagine that gold is actually worth something. And so what happens is people get together and they figure out that if they pool their resources and they 
uh, you know, a bunch of them, like 75%, stand on one side, the ball bearings will roll to them. This is what happens in the stock market. A stock rallies because a lot of people believe the value of the stock is more than it's worth and they buy it in order to ride it to its height. But it has to be a lot of people in order for that to happen. So essentially when this happens, they all stand, or 75%, let's say, stand on one side and the ball bearings roll to them. What the redistribution of money does, or what a crash does, is not balance the teeter-totter, it flips it the other way. While keeping the 75% still standing on one end, it's as if the universe itself, or abundance itself, creates a giant weight and slams it on the abundant side of people. The abundant side of the teeter-totter, and all of the money flows to the abundant and the ones who are in scarcity are exposed for being in scarcity vibration you do not have to go far to hear one of these type of stories i've said it many times myself i was working with a client yeah, it's been a couple years now and she told me a hard luck story that you've heard so many times before with different variables she went to chiropractic school, became a chiropractor, was making good money, uh, bought a home in the area, did a ton of research on the housing market, made sure she bought um, at a decent price, you know, had a good mortgage, good mortgage rate. She's making good money. She opens her own practice with a partner using some of the equity she had built up through the home. And then a crash happened. The money the business, the house, gone, pretty much overnight. Because she had never fixed the, fixed the scarcity vibration she grew up with. She didn't look to fix the scarcity vibration she grew up with until after the crash, and that's how she found me. Oh, of course, I didn't start until way later, but still. She kept looking for someone like me to help her understand her vibration and, had, and understand what happened. This is the redistribution of money. Because in the finance world, money never vanishes or disappears. It simply moves to somewhere else. When you lose money on a stock, there's always a market maker or someone on the other side that took it, just like gambling. No one loses money when they gamble. Your money goes to the house. It's the same in the financial markets. And when they say, oh, this money just vanished, this value just vanished, no, it didn't. It went somewhere else. Now, there are certain times, without getting into too much detail, where stuff does vanish when they don't let you short stocks like they did when the housing market crashed in 08. Well, the government tried to stop people from betting against housing. And therefore, the money did vanish because you couldn't short the stocks. But it's rare that that kind of stuff happens. Most of the time, money doesn't vanish. It just moves to somewhere else. And this is what the redistribution of money is all about. Because the wealthy, which are people who are tuned to abundance vibration, 
and have a lot of money are the type of people that when everything is crashing, they buy it all up. They buy at the low because they have the money and they have the abundance vibration to know what's going on. Where the average person sells at the low and loses everything. And this isn't about stock investing this is, or investing in general. This is just how the markets work. This is how money works. This is how the financial game is played. The redistribution of money is when the bill comes due. The vibration bill. If you are vibrating in scarcity and collecting and building a store of money, just like with me, when I got a windfall and you still believe that there's never enough, the bill comes due. Scarcity will come. The mirror will come to take all your toys away. It has to. And if it doesn't, you're fucked. Because how do you know you're in scarcity then? Without understanding your emotions. This is why when the rich come to me for help, we don't talk about money. We talk about emotions. What are you feeling about money? What did your parents teach you about money? How does it feel to be depressed even though you have a shitload of money? Wealth is abundance. Someone like me, who is wealthy by vibration, I never worry about running out of money, not anymore at least, because I know there's always enough. Now the amount of enough to have my basic need met, needs met might fluctuate, and that's a whole other subject for another time, but there's always enough, otherwise the game would stop. The game can't stop, not in that way anyway. The game will never stop. It's like being afraid to run out of air. We're not going to stop the game that way. That would be the mirror having sentience and being like, oh, let's shut it down. No, the mirror doesn't have sentience. It's always going to give you everything that you need. Need, not want. Very big, important dif difference. It's always going to give you what you need. which is your basic needs. Except maybe expression, that's kind of up to you as a basic need. The seventh basic need is expression. To express yourself and what you're put on this earth to do, that's kind of your job. But the mirror will help you in every way, shape or form to reveal it and help you get there once you follow that. But other than that, all your basic needs will always be met, always. So of course I don't worry about running out of money. And I look forward to the crash. Because what does that mean? If I'm in abundance, money's gonna flow to me in mass quantities, isn't it? A crash is the redistribution of money from people in scarcity vibration, no matter how much money they have, to the people in abundance vibration, no matter how much money they have. And if a crash passes you by, you are in big trouble. Because that means the mirror is not reflecting anything back to you. 
Yeah, I mean, I guess it could be near neutral, but <laughs> less than 0.1% are in neutral vibration when it comes to money or abundance and scarcity. Why do I say that? Not the neutral thing. Why do I say it's dangerous? If, if a crash doesn't shake things up in your life, you are at a disadvantage. If it doesn't shake things up in losing money or gaining money, you are at a very big disadvantage because the mirror is not reflecting back your vibration through money. means the only other way to get into touch with your vibration I mean there's other doorways you know there's plant medicines and there's nature and there's sex and there's body stuff you know body stuff will help you become enlightened too you try to use placebo healing to heal your body and of course there's love relationships there's other doorways for sure but a crash that affects 99% of people, if that major event misses you, I would be a little worried. I would be a little worried because to me, what that would signal is death is close. Because your evolution doesn't matter anymore. So I want you to be grateful The whole point of this podcast is to look at poverty differently. To change your perception of poverty. To thank God the mirror is reflecting my own scarcity vibration back to me. So I keep looking for things like this podcast. For wisdom. For books or for insider. All of it is to drive me to talk to my heart. Just like we talked about on the entrepreneurial paradox. All of it is designed for me to look inside and talk to my heart. And understand vibration and abundance. That's what all of it is for. So can you be grateful when poverty shows up? Can you be grateful when scarcity shows up in physical reality? With an unpaid bill or an unexpected bill or a job loss or what have you. And that fear, like you're, you know, you just took the nosedive off the top of a a roller coaster, that fear that comes, oh shit, that is there for you to wake you up. It's a slap in the face that says, hello, pay attention. You cannot sleepwalk through life anymore. Do you get that? And on the flip side, If you have what most people would consider a lot of money or making a lot of money and the crash devastates you or cuts your fucking pension in half or some shit, that's a great invitation too. That is a great invitation to go, what is going on inside that when the redistribution came, when the bill came due, you had to pay. Because if we're wealthy and in abundance, when the bill comes due, motherfuckers pay me. When you're in abundance vibration. That money's got to go somewhere. And it goes to the abundant. 
shift your perception. You're not trying to get money to stop scarcity. You're trying to stop scarcity to get money. I hope something I've said has helped you here today. Shift your perception. Make life a little easier. We are different waves on the same ocean. Different leaves on the same tree. Different fireworks in the same sky. My unconditional love to you. Never forget that you're unconditionally loved at all times, no matter what happens. The best name for God in, the, in all of existence is unconditional love itself. That means everything is unconditional love, including you. And we're playing a game of contrast to play with conditional love. You're just in a game. And that game will always make sure you have everything you need in order to play and keep playing. A video game doesn't just randomly shut off when you're playing it, unless there's like a power surge or something. There's nothing in the code of the video game that just says, and when you get to this point, shut it down. No, it's always gonna be there to keep going so that if you wanna keep playing, you can. You're unconditionally loved at all times, no matter what. My unconditional love to you, be well. Be gentle with yourself and everyone else. Good journey, my friends.